Morning, everybody. Welcome to Inside the Huddle here on themajors.net. 734-259-4941 is the number to call in. You can text in at 248-429-7729. I am Adam Hernandez going uh, going solo today. Um, but I'd like for you guys to uh, call up and join in on the discussion here. We've got... Uh, We've got a bunch of different things to get to today. We're going to go to about 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Um, other than that, we do have some programming notes for you before we get started here today. Uh, first and foremost, um, as you all know, the NFL lockout is still proceeding. We're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, about the NFL lockout here in just a little bit. But... Um, we are on a uh, on a biweekly schedule from here on out right now while the NFL lockout's going on. So you will hear inside the huddle every other week, meaning our next broadcast will be July 9th. Uh, so we will not be on next week. We'll be back July 9th. Um, but once the once the uh, once the NFL season starts, and once we have a resolution to the lockout, which very well could happen within the next couple weeks, um, we are looking to be on every week again. So every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, again right here on the Majors.net. Uh, also, another program note to note is um, we are going to debut a new show. It is going to be called The Overtime Show. It's going to uh, debut actually next weekend, Saturday night. Time still to be determined. We are looking, though, at about 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on that show. It is going to be a video broadcast. It's not going to be very long. It's going to be a quick update on, um, on everything going on in the world of sports. Um, that's going to kind of replace sudden death, which is something you could hear, which... You could have heard every single uh, Saturday or every other Saturday right along with Inside the Huddle. We will be doing something different, though. Um, so the Overtime Show will be debuting next Saturday. Like I said, it's probably going to be at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Stay tuned for that, though. Um, and if anything changes as far as the time goes, you can make sure you check back with on our website, themajors.net. And you will get some more updates on that. Um, other than that, everything else is pretty much the same. We're going to be kind. Of, we're kind of in uh, in off-season mode within the paint, and um, you can hear around the diamond though every Monday night, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, five p.m. out on the West Coast. Again on themajors.net. Um, also, for all you Detroit fans out there, we have um, switched up the days for Detroit Sports Weekly. Um, you can now hear that every Wednesday, from Thursday to Wednesday, 6:30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Majors. Or I'm sorry, on D TMSNX Detroit, Detroit.themajors.net. So you can hear that over there. And then, of course, the Majors live every Tuesday, 8:30 p.m. Eastern Time, and then Grouty Radio every Wednesdays now on the Majors.net. So. Um, we're going to be having our scheduling up on our website very, very shortly. And if you haven't seen that yet, you can go and check that out. We have a new, new redesigned website over at themajors.net. Um, this is probably something all of our websites are going to be going under here. So they're going to be kind of going under a little bit of facelift there. So, again, I think it's um, – I really enjoy the new website. I think it looks really clean, really solid, um, very easy to navigate. So make sure you uh, – once we're once you're done listening to us here, or if you're listening to us on Facebook, um, go and check that out. Very very cool website to take a look at. Um, so like I said, check it out. It's really really cool. And like I said, all of our uh, all of our corresponding and affiliate websites are probably going to be getting the same makeover. So look out for those uh, pretty soon. Um, other than that, though, we've got like I said, we've got a lot of stuff to get to today. Um, our fan question, though, we start out with our fan question just about every week. Um, our fan question this week is, if you were Terrell Pryor, would you stay at OSU or would you have stayed at OSU now that he's already gone? Go to the CFL, the Canadian Football League. Go to the United Football League or the UFL. Or would you declare yourself eligible for the supplemental NFL draft? 
Or would you sit out a season and declare yourself eligible for the NFL draft that happens every April? Um, that is the fan question out there. You can give us a call on that fan question, 734-259-4941, or you can text in at 248-429-7729. We also have that question listed on our Facebook pages, facebook.com slash themajorsx for all you Detroit people, or facebook.com slash tmsnx on our national Facebook page. So, Again, make sure you check that out. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to our um, to our Around Campus segment. We're going to go ahead and kick that off with um, a bunch of different NCAA violations going on right now. Um, as you all know, we've had the one going on at, uh, at Ohio State for ever since uh, the end of last season in the beginning, or I'm sorry, ever since the end of last year around Christmas time and uh, the beginning of this year. And this is something that uh, everybody has um, pretty much heard about. If you haven't heard about the ongoing NCAA violations at, uh, at Ohio State University, you must be living under a rock. Uh, but we've got that going on right now. We have new stuff coming out of over at uh, the University of North Carolina, and we've had stuff going on at uh, at U or USC with that whole Reggie Bush and all that stuff going on. USC is currently under probation right now, or on probation. They're currently serving their NCAA violations right now, or sentencing right now, uh, with the bowl bans postseason ban and they have the uh you know the loss of scholarship so on and so forth um it's still yet to be seen what's going to happen to ohio state uh but if you ask me i think it's going to be something pretty pretty heavy judging from everything that has been uncovered so far and yes i did say so far because believe it or not i still think that we have some more stuff coming out about ohio state uh it's something that I called back in uh, in February. I hate I I hate saying I told you so, but I told you so to all you Ohio State doubters out there that didn't think anything else was going to be coming out about that. Uh, but you know there there was. I always said it was an iceberg that's slowly, slowly, slowly going to reveal itself. And I still think we have some more of this ice iceberg to uncover here. Uh, but we also have something going on, like I said, at the University of North Carolina. Um, I'm looking at an Associated Press article here. Um, North Carolina has identified eight football players who accumulated 317 parking tickets that were uncovered in documents requested by media outlets covering the ongoing NCAA probe. Uh, it says the school released a chart Friday that links those players' names to their license plate numbers on vehicles that included a Land Rover, BMW, and an Acura. Now, a week ago, the school released records that showed some players combined for 395 citations, totaling more than $13,000 between March of 2007 and August 2010. Now, these eight players that are identified were linebacker Bruce Carter, defensive backs Charles Brown, Kendrick Burney, and Deonta Williams, defensive lineman Robert Quinn, and running backs Johnny White and Ryan Houston. Uh, the names of those whose cars received the other 78 citation, citations, however, were not identified by the school. Now, these citations range in a penalty from $5 for improperly displaying a parking permit to $250 for parking in a fire lane or a handicapped space. Um, and the total amount of these 395 tickets was $13,185. Now, the school said last week that of the 395 citations, 30 remain unpaid. And school spokesman Mike McFarland said Friday that he didn't have any updated figures. Um, now, earlier this week, North Carolina received a notice of allegations from the NCAA outlining numerous, and this is in quotation marks, potential major violations in the football program, including unethical conduct by a former assistant coach, as well as failure to adequately, adequately monitor the conduct of former and current players 
Furthermore, the NCAA has informed the school that it plans to complete its investigation this month, and all 14 players missed at least one game this season due to the probe, with seven being ruled out for the entire year. An eighth was cleared to return at midseason, but decided to redshirt. Now, again, this is something that is becoming more and more and more and more and more common within the NCAA, especially in football. It's programs consistently being probed by the NCAA for violations that potentially have, could have been committed by these schools and the football program. Now, you go back through and you look at... You look at this report a little bit more, and this is something that's that's happening at Ohio State as well. You look at some of these cars that are being driven by some of these players. A Land Rover, a BMW, and an Acura. Now, you know, I'm still finishing up some classes at, uh, you know, at college as well. I, I attend Eastern Michigan University, which is uh, just outside Detroit. It's actually uh, very, very close to the University of Michigan, and I don't know any any kid aside from somebody who's already rich going into college driving a Land Rover, a BMW, or an Acura. Now, this is the same, like I said, that goes with Ohio State University, and this is the same thing that happened in uh, at uh, at USC with Reggie Bush. Now, when you when you have kids driving Land Rovers, BMWs, and Acuras who play football or any other big-time college sports like, uh, like basketball, then questions are going to be raised. How do, they get the, how do they get the money to, first off, buy cars like this, and second off, pay for the insurance for these cars? Now, you have to figure that there's going to be a booster... Or there's going to be something set up on the side that's going to be giving these players money and that's going to be giving these players cars and other and other gifts that are frowned upon by the NCAA and that is you know and that, and that break NCAA rules. And now again, this is something that uh, you know that we're going to be learning more about here at North Carolina. Now, the thing is with North Carolina is their football program isn't, I mean, it's not huge. What do they play? I think they play in the ACC, and I believe they play in the ACC. Um, let me double check. You know, they, again, yeah, the Atlantic Coast. So, Anyways, I knew it was the ACC. I, for some reason, I thought it might have been the SEC, but anyways. Um, but like I said, it's this is something that's going to, they're going to uncover more. And they're going to hit with, uh, with, with penalties, too, by the NCAA. But I guess it's like I was, like, the, the point I was getting at here is the, is, in North Carolina, University of North Carolina isn't necessarily known for their football program. If you talk about the University of North Carolina, you really speak of their basketball program. Now, again, this is, there are two different types of programs here. Obviously, basketball and football. But, you know, what's the basketball program needs to be on high alert on this as well. Now, I don't know, you know, exactly the type of, uh, you know, what exactly Roy Williams is running over there with the basketball program? We obviously know they're very, very successful. He's a very successful coach, Roy Williams. And, but the thing is, is when the NCAA goes in and does this probe, what other things, what kind of paper trails might this lead to other programs at the school? What kind of paper trail might this lead you know, to the basketball program potentially? We don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this. My question here on out is, though, is if you're an elite program, and we're going to stick with football since, you know, this is inside the huddle, is do you have to be dirty to have a successful football program? And if you ask me, yes, you do have to be somewhat dirty in order to be successful, in order to, you know, keep up with all these other teams. Because you have to be joking. I don't think you could keep a straight face when you say that 
you know, giving a kid a Land Rover or a BMW or an Acura wasn't used as leverage to acquire some of these players. And it's the same thing with Ohio State, too. Now, we talk about an equal playing field here. Now, Ohio State has been has been running amok and been doing basically anything they wanted in the Big Ten. They've been destroying the Big Ten for the most part. Now, you know, Ohio State fans out there might be saying that, and by and uh, and I'm going to go on record here. I'm not a, I'm not I'm not a Michigan fan, a huge Michigan fan by any means. I, I like to stay neutral as far as the state of Michigan goes. And again, you you could still call me biased all you want, but you have to think that okay, if you're if you take the best players in the nation, and you already have a good football program in Ohio State, there's no denying that. But if you're sitting here competing with other schools, and I'm going to go ahead and put North Carolina in that case as well, because North Carolina has to deal with other pretty big schools in the ACC like Florida State in Miami. Now, if you're competing with those schools in order to get your football program more on the map, then you're going to use cars as leverage to get those big-time players to come to your school. And it might not just be cars. It might be cash. And in the long run, that's going to that's gonna, you know, screw with the playing field here. All of a sudden, you have, you're getting all the best players because you're using unethical means to get them, like giving them cars or cash. And all of a sudden, you know, like in Ohio State, you have all the best players. Well, then you're playing teams like Illinois or Michigan or Michigan State or Purdue who are playing on more of an equal playing field. You know, they might not be using cars or cash as a, as a huge piece of leverage or a huge negotiating tool there. Now, again, I'm going to go on record and say as well that I don't think Michigan and Florida State and... And Miami are all clean. I think they're dirty as well. And, you know, like I said, if you are a big-time program, and this is something, too, we discussed on the Majors Live a few weeks back. Squirrel brought this up. And, you know, it, it, he didn't seem sure to think of... He, didn't, he, he wasn't ready to come up with an opinion, it seemed, at the time. He was. This was just a question that he posed on whether or not... If you're an elite program in college football, do you have to be dirty? And I answered yes. I answered yes then, and I'm sticking with that now because I totally think that that's true. You have to be dirty in a sense to be successful, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that's right. I don't think it's right at all. If you ask me right now, right now, I don't believe college players should be paid to play football. Why? Because they are already getting... A ton of money, a ton of indirect money already in a free education. Now, I don't know about any of you out there, but student loans absolutely suck. They suck so much paying those things off. Now, these players that go to, uh, to these big-time programs in North Carolina, I mean, like I said, North Carolina isn't a big-time program, but anybody who goes to North Carolina to play football, you're going to be on a scholarship. And you're going to have your education paid for. And you're not going to have to pay for basically anything while you're at school. Of course, there's going to be some things you're going to have to pay for. You know, some of the, some of the leisure league things. Like if you want to have a beer bust or something with your friends, of course you're going to be paying for the kegs then. At least I think so. But as far as your food, your, you know, your housing... That's all going to be paid for. You don't ever have to pay for it. And you think about it, you lump all that stuff in over the course of four years. How much money is that going to be? That's going to be a ton of money. You look at the tuition costs to go to the University of Michigan or to go to Ohio State University. That's a ton of money. That is a ton of money. Now, do I think it's, you know, do I think it's totally fair the way that, you know, you know, that some of these schools go off and, you know, charge for tuition and, you know, might, you know, go off and start, you know, making money off of some of these players. Yeah, it's, it is a little shade. I'm not going to deny that. But 
in some case or another, like I said, these schools, these big time elite programs are still dishing out some dirty money or they're dishing out some dirty cars. And in Ohio State's case, they might be dosing out some women. We heard, we heard that before. We heard about Ohio State possibly, possibly, you know, having girls perform sexual favors for some of these recruits. Now, do I know that that, do I know that for sure? No. Does anybody know that for sure? No. But, but it's one of those things that was out there and it's one of those things being talked about. 734-259-4941 is the number to call in or you can text in at 248-429-7729. Leave us feedback on our Facebook pages, facebook.com slash X for your Detroit people or facebook.com slash TMSNX for all you, uh, anybody checking in on our, um, on our, uh, national page. But anyways, though, um, we do have something else going on in our, uh, in our around campus segment right now. And that deals with Terrell Pryor. And this comes from our, you know, and this has something to do with our fan question here, which, uh, which you, uh, which we'll be getting to later on in the show. I'm sorry. I'm kind of looking at two different things here on my uh, on my computer screen. I'm getting sidetracked a little bit. But this happened a couple weeks ago. As we all know, Terrell Pryor hired Dan Rosenhaus as um, as his uh, as his as his agent. Rosenhaus is going to be his agent. Rosenhaus is you know represented. Uh, and, you know, Terrell, uh, or obviously Terrell Pryor, but Terrell Owens, I believe, did he, uh, he might have represented Randy Moss, too. He's represented a lot of high-profile, high, uh, high-profile uh, high athletes. I'm sorry, not Dan Rosenhaus, Drew Rosenhaus. Anyways, though, let me get. I just want to see a list of people here that he's uh, that he's represented. Let's see his NFL clients. Let me let's keep look at some of these bigger ones. Marion Barber, he's represented. Uh, let's see here, he's represented Plaxico Burris. I believe he still represents him as well. Um, oh, he represented Eddie Drummond too, former Lion Eddie Drummond. Um, who else is he uh, represented here? Frank Gore, Ernest Graham, Rex Grossman. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Big time players, big time. Deshaun Jackson, he's represents. Edwin James, he represented. Chad Ochocinco, he's represented. Uh, let's see, Greg Jones, Javon Curse. Nah, who else? LaShawn McCoy, uh, he represented Stocker McDougal. Um, who else do we have? Santana Moss. Man, he's got a lot of people here. Like I said, Terrell Owens. There we go, Terrell Pryor, Sidney Rice. Lito Shepard, Jeremy Shockey. Tonio Smith, Dante Stallworth. Wow, he represents Drew Stanton, too. Mm, let's see here. Lendell White, Ricky Williams. Anyways, he's got a he's got a good number of players there. Didn't see any Randy Moss. Oh, and Kellen Winslow Jr. There we go. Um, but Terrell Pryor hired Drew Rosenhaus. Called him Dan Rosenhaus. I'm sorry about that. Drew Rosenhaus. Um, to be his agent. And again, this is this is old news though. This is old news. Terrell Pryor. Had that press conference from the uh, from that hotel in Miami with Rosenhaus by his side, and he talked about that he was sorry for uh, for everything that's happened at Ohio State. He's pretty much blaming himself for uh, for um, Jim Tressel losing his job, which I don't necessarily agree with. He did have a part in it, but it seemed like Terrell Pryor was taking too much of the blame here when you know. 
when Jim Trestle needs to kind of come out as well and take a lot of the blame, and some of these other players as well, because it wasn't just Terrell Pryor. And I think Terrell Pryor is taking too much of the heat with all of this. Uh, but like I said, Terrell Pryor is entering into the NFL Supplemental Draft. Now, the NFL Supplemental Draft, it's not clear how many rounds this is going to go. I'm not even sure of any other players who have declared themselves eligible for the NFL Supplemental Draft. I'm not sure if any of these other players who were um, named with Ohio State, some of those seniors or some of those juniors who are eligible to go to the NFL, I'm not even sure if any of those guys are going to be going. Um, But... Drew Rosenhaus is really, really selling the NFL or trying to sell them on Terrell Pryor, talking about how this guy is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Now, as far as some of these teams, they could put the, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go ahead and start this out first with if Terrell Pryor, can Terrell Pryor be a quarterback in the NFL? And I'll tell you what, I don't think he can be. I don't think he can be at all. Now, I'm going to go on record and say that I think Terrell Pryor is an excellent athlete. He's a very, very gifted athlete that that I think can play in the NFL. Absolutely, I think he could play in the NFL. As a quarterback, though, I don't think so. One, I don't think think that his, his quarterback makeup, his style of play works in the NFL. I didn't. I didn't think it. I didn't think it. I don't think it's going to work for Cam Newton. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Cam Newton is going to be a bust in the NFL, and they could go on all they want and say how great he's looked so far playing in the you know in the player organized workouts with the Carolina Panthers. I don't care what you say. That's not an NFL game. Let's see how things transcend to the NFL when you have. You know, 250-pound, 300-pound linemen coming at you at full steam trying to rip your head off. Let's see what happens when you're thrown to wide receivers who are being covered by NFL-caliber secondaries. I'm not sold on Cam Newton or, or his game. I don't think that transcends to the NFL. Now, and Again, people out there who doubt that are going to go ahead and name Michael Vick. And Michael, and I'll give you Michael Vick. Michael Vick, though, is the exception to the rule. He isn't the rule. He is the exception to the rule. You name me another quarterback in the NFL that's successful that has that type of game besides Michael Vick. You're not going to name too many. And of those quarterbacks that do have that type of game that are still playing in the NFL, like a Troy Smith, they're a backup or a third-string quarterback. Now, Donovan McNabb was a quarterback kind of like that earlier in his career. He's not like that anymore. He's more of a pocket passer now. Now, can he run? Yes. But he's gonna he's more than likely gonna gonna throw from the pocket. And the successful quarterbacks in the NFL are pocket passers. Like Tom Brady. How often does Tom Brady run? He hardly ever runs. He's a pocket passer. Same thing with Peyton Manning. Pocket passer. Drew Brees throws from the pocket. Philip Rivers, more of a pocket passer. That's why Cam Newton isn't going to make it with the way he plays quarterback. With his quarterback makeup, it's not going to work for him. And to tell you the truth, I didn't think he was all that. I didn't think he was all that great at Ohio State. I think he was. I think he was overrated at Ohio State. In terms of a quarterback. And definitely coming out early is something that's going to hurt him. Become a successful quarterback in the NFL. Now, if you're, say, if you're saying that Terrell Pryor is going to go to some of these teams and maybe work out as a tight end. Or as a slot receiver. Then that might work. But I don't think it's going to be working as a uh, as a uh, as a quarterback. Don't think it'll work one bit. Other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and take a quick, quick, quick commercial break. This is inside the huddle on the majors.net. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
this week's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Gosh, Johnny, playing in the cave sure is neat. Oh, boy, a kitty cat. Sassy, the kitty cat's yelling. What, Sassy? It's not a kitty? It's a bobcat? Speaking of cats, you like to stress the importance of adopting cats from animal shelters? Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year? And with millions of healthy cats to choose from, it's a shame more people don't adopt from shelters? This bobcat's heavy. Help, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nuts. Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile, and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire. Ah, humbug. With great astonishment, Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. (gasps) What do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody, inside the huddle on themajors.net, 734-259-4941 is the number to call in, or you can text net 248-429-7729. I am Adam Hernandez, all by myself today in the studio. Um, Eric is not here today. Uh, actually got got injured the other <laughs> last week at work. Pretty bad, so um, he's kind of recovering right now, so... Eric won't be with us this week, but he'll be with us during the week uh, for um, for Detroit Sports Weekly, and he'll be with us back again in a couple of weeks when Inside the Huddle returns. Before we went to break, though, we were talking uh, we were talking about Terrell Pryor and everything that's been going on with him. Um, you know, going to the NFL or de- declaring himself eligible for the NFL Supplemental Draft, uh, hiring Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, as we all heard, was trying to sell NFL teams on his on his new client. And again, every good every good agent, sports agent, is going to do just that. And Drew Rosenhaus is one of the best. So, with that said, what teams out there? What NFL teams out there can? Or might be willing to take on Terrell Pryor, and I'm going to go ahead and say this: that, like I said, well, I'm going to—I said it before the break—that Terrell Pryor, I, I don't think, is going to work out as a quarterback in the NFL. Not one bit. Not one bit at all. But if he's going to go out there, and he has the size and the athletic ability to make himself a good wide receiver or a good tight end, and I think if he's smart, and if other NFL teams out there are smart. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to turn him into. Now, of course, there's going to be some teams out there that are going to try him out as a quarterback. And that's what I'm going to base this off of right now, is what teams are going to take a chance on him or could potentially take a chance on him as Terrell Pryor, the quarterback. Now, the thing is, is when, I, when you name off some of these teams and when you predict some of these teams, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. It's not going to be a team that needs a quarterback. It's not going to be a team like, like Arizona that needs a quarterback. 
It's not going to be a team like San Francisco that needs a quarterback. Who else do we have out there? Uh, even though they drafted, uh, who was it, Andy Dalton? It's not going to be Cincinnati. With Jacksonville drafted Blaine Gabbert. It's not going to be. It's not going to be them. It's not going to be Carolina. It's not going to be obviously any team that's in need of a quarterback. It's not going to be the Seattle Seahawks. It's not going to be the Dallas Cowboys because I think they need a quarterback because I don't think Tony Romo is going to be much of anything here in the next couple of years, maybe even next year. You know, even though the Minnesota Vikings just drafted Christian Ponder, it's not going to be them. Even though I think he's totally terrible at um, at uh, you know Chicago, I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's going to be. Uh, you know, it's not going to be Chicago with uh, Jake Cutler there. I think it's going to be a team that already has an established quarterback that's going to end up taking a chance on Terrell Pryor. You haven't heard things about Cleveland, too. I don't think it's going to be Cleveland as well. I know they have Colt McCoy there. You know, they might be looking for a back. I, don't, I wouldn't even trust Terrell Pryor right now as a backup. The only way that I would trust Terrell Pryor if I had a gun to my head and I had to put him in there as a quarterback, he would be a third stringer if I still couldn't put him on the practice squad. He would be a third string quarterback. Now, what's going to happen with this is he's going to be picking up if he's going to be used as a quarterback by a big, by a successful team. I could see a team like New England taking a chance on him. I could see a team like Indianapolis taking a chance on them because they have nothing to lose nothing to lose at all why because they already have they already have Peyton Manning who's going to be in Indianapolis Peyton Manning still has a another good few years left same thing with Tom Brady New England and those are the two top quarterbacks now could Green Bay take a chance on them possibly because Aaron Rodgers is going to be good in Green Bay for a very long time and you know what? If they put in Terrell Pryor, and all of a sudden he's tearing things up in the preseason, or if Green Bay's blowing out somebody and Terrell Pryor comes in in the fourth quarter to play, you know, to get some garbage points or play some garbage downs and he looks good, then all of a sudden you have a trade chip on your hands. Or if you're a team like, like New England or Indianapolis, all of a sudden he may be an option for you down the road as you know, maybe potentially a starter or possibly a backup. But I don't, like I said, it's if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be a team that already has an established quarterback. If you want to throw in New Orleans in there, New Orleans might take a shot on them. Or possibly San Diego with Phillip Rivers there. I'm more inclined, though, to say that he's going to have to go to some place where they have an established quarterback that has a good head on his shoulders that's going to be able to take this guy under their wing and really show him the ropes of the NFL, what it really means, what it truly means to be an NFL quarterback. Can Tom Brady do that? Yes. Could Pete Manning do that? Yes. Could Drew Brees do that? Yes. Other than that, I'm not quite sure who else can do that. And when you have a limited market like that, that doesn't spell very good for for Terrell prior to you know in, in his hopes of being an NFL quarterback. Now, again, too, when you're talking tight end, when you're talking slot wide receiver, then you're going to open yourself up to a bunch of other teams because any team, just about any team out there, could probably use a slot wide receiver. Or a second tight end. Especially with the athletic ability and the size that Terrell Pryor has. 734-259-4941 is the number to call in. Or you can text in at 248-429-7729. Leave us feedback on our Facebook pages. Facebook.com slash the Majors X if you're in Detroit. Or Facebook.com slash TMSNX. Um, if you are on our national site, so, um, our national Facebook page. Um, other than that though, uh, let's see here. 
we've got what do we have here what's next up here on the agenda all right well you know what we're gonna go ahead and take another quick 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 commercial break this is inside the huddle on the majors.net we'll be right back NFL quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, here with Bugs Bunny to remind you to get moving every day. Because when you get moving an hour a day, you fuel your body and your mind. So what do you like to throw around the football like Drew? Skateboard, ride a bike, or dance in your room. Just move it your way. And be a player. Get up and play an hour a day, Doc. Check out how to be a player at letsmove.gov. Head online to get tips on great ways to get moving every day. At letsmove.gov. A message from the Ad Council and HHS. In 1966 in Anchorage, Alaska, a talented child was born. He would go on to be one out of only 11 Alaskans to make it to the major leagues. The odds of him striking out more than 3,000 hitters? One in 33 million. The odds of this pitcher being selected to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game six times? One in 48 million. The odds of this fastballing philanthropist winning the World Series three times? One in three million. The odds of this man having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 110. Hi, I'm Kurt Schilling. Learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Autism is getting closer to home. From one in 5,000 only 20 years ago, today one in 110 children are diagnosed. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, everybody, you can finally stop holding your breath because we are kicking off the new year with the triumphant return of one of iTunes' first 100 podcasts, Detroit Grouty Radio. So join us right here at themajors.net or at grouty.com for all things gross, rowdy, dirty, and nerdy. You can catch us out at our new time Thursday nights at 8 o'clock starting on January 6th. Be there. This is a Majors update. I am Adam Hernandez. Davey Johnson will be named the new manager of the Washington National Sources, told the Majors Sports Network. General Manager Mike Rizzo wanted a veteran with a winning track record. Johnson, who is 68 years old, has previously managed the Mets, Reds, Orioles, Dodgers, and U.S. Olympic team. He is currently a special assistant for the Nationals. The deal is said to be through 2013. Johnson hasn't managed in the majors since 2000, but he has a career 564 winning percentage. It's still unclear when Johnson will join the Nationals as bench coach John McLaren was named the interim manager earlier Friday after Jim Riggleman abruptly resigned on Thursday due to contract concerns. Wimbledon news. Three-time Wimbledon runner-up Andy Roddick was eliminated 7-6, 7-6, 6-4 Friday by Feliciano Lopez in the third round, the biggest upset of the men's tournament so far. The 44th-ranked Lopez served 28 aces and piled up 57 winners to defeat Roddick on center court, the Americans' first loss to the Spanish left-hander in eight matches. And with training camp set to open in another month, NFL owners and players will resume negotiations next week, hoping to build on recent talks. Two people familiar with the discussions told the Associated Press on Friday. While each side has acknowledged progress in the four-month-old lockout, a new collective bargaining agreement isn't imminent. One of the two people who spoke on the condition of anonymity said conference calls are, set, are being set up to discuss various issues, but not the major one of splitting revenues. The person said that was being negotiated face-to-face. The two people declined to be identified because the meetings were confidential. For more, check out themajors.net. In the meantime, we'll get back to Inside the Huddle on themajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez.
Welcome back, everybody, inside the huddle on the majors.net, 734 259 4941. Or you get text net 249 7729. I am Adam Hernandez. Um, we've got some stuff to, uh, to get to on the NFL here. Uh, and that is the latest right now. You heard it during the update that the NFL side still negotiating and it's and it's something that seems to be going back and forth here we see i mean once one day we hear that they're that they're you know that a that a deal's imminent that it's right around the corner it can be announced any day um you know they're having overnight you know discussions you know owners at the last uh at the last owners meeting held in chicago i believe it was this past week uh they were saying you know they're telling the owners to be prepared to stay overnight to try to hammer something out course we don't have anything done yet we hear other conflicting reports saying that you know that lawyers almost had to be brought back in because the two sides couldn't agree on anything and they almost had to be separated um and like i said during the update uh you know they're they're saying that owners and players will resume negotiations next week and they're hoping like like we said to build on recent talks um Again, the the good thing is is that they're talking, they're talking, they're they're working stuff out. It seems, and we're gonna have a deal here. And now, if you asked me a couple uh, like a month or so ago whether or not I thought that the season was gonna get started on time, I would have said no. Now I'm I'm beginning to think that yes, possibly it looks like we're going to have a season um, start on time. It, it, maybe if it doesn't start on time, maybe a couple of weeks later. You know, maybe instead of starting in the beginning of September, we start in the in the middle of September. Uh, but I do think that we're going to have something, um, you know, done within the next few weeks here with the NFL. I really do think that, judging on how that these, judging that they're still negotiating, they're still talking face to face. They're not talking through lawyers or or magistrates or you know or or whatever. They're both talking now. One of the things that we heard about here is in terms of the collective bargaining agreement, I'm hearing that the players may be getting an upwards of 45% of, of revenue from, I want to say, TV broadcasts. And I'm hearing that the players may be uh, granted unrestricted free agency if they've served over four years in the NFL. I believe right now it's at five, but it may be, uh, it may be back down to four. And if that's the case, then, you know, we're going to have a big, big uh, shakeup to some of these NFL rosters here. And, you know, and, and you know what? I kind of like that. Four years, it kind of makes things some, it, it makes things exciting. You know, all of a sudden, you don't have players, you know, hammered down to a certain team for a long period of time. You know, it kind of gets rid of some of those longer-term deals. Now, I know NFL contracts aren't guaranteed in the least bit for the most part. I don't know. I kind of like that, though. Four years, every every four years, you're boom, you're an unrestricted free agent, or you're eligible to become an unrestricted free agent. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with the franchise tag or anything like that, if that's still going to be there. There's still a lot of things to hammer out with these NFL CBA talks. And again, we don't know everything, every detail. I don't even think we know close to what details are being discussed right now. But again, it's something that's progressing. It seems like it's something that's going to be hammered out within the next few weeks here. If you ask me, like I said, if you asked me a few weeks ago if, the, if I thought anything was going to get done, I would have told you no. But it really does look like something's going to get done here. Um, we do have another couple of things here to get to as far as the NFL goes. Um, two players potentially coming back. Obviously, one is Plaxico Burrs, who was released from prison almost a month ago now um, after shooting himself in the leg. Served almost, what was it? I can't remember if it was almost two years or if it was a little over two years. Shot himself in the leg, as we all know, in a New York City nightclub. Um, sentenced to jail for not having a permit for the weapon. Um, having it go off. And um, I didn't agree with the original sentence, not one bit. I think it was way, way too harsh. Uh, but again, you know, he served his time. He's back. He's in his early 30s now. 
you know, the question is, are some te are these are any teams going to take a chance on them? I definitely think teams are going to take a chance on them. I feel I still think that Plexico Burst can be a, a a great asset for any team as a second or third wide receiver in the NFL. And of course, he's going to have to do what Michael Vick did. He's going to kind of have to come out and he's going to have to prove himself. He's going to have to prove that he could keep his nose clean. And he's going to have to prove that he could still play in the NFL. Now, Michael Vick is a perfect example of a person that did his time, kept in shape, worked out, worked hard, came back looking better than ever. I think Michael Vick, you know, we talked about this before, Michael Vick looks better now than what he did when he played with the Falcons. And same thing is going to have to... It's going to, with everything that Michael Vick did, Plaxico Burst is going to have to do the same exact thing. That's why it may be it may be good for Plaxico Burst to play with Philadelphia, just so he could kind of have Michael Vick there, showing him the ropes, show him how you you know how you get back into the NFL after serving considerable time in prison. Now another player that is uh, that is potentially coming back to the NFL is Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber, former running back for the New York Giants. Very, very good running back for the New York Giants. Um, before he left and tried to make himself a career in television. That didn't work out. He uh, went and cheated on his pregnant wife. And said he was dealing with a bout of depression. That he needs football now. Um, uh, you know, Tiki Barber, I don't... How old is Tiki Barber? I want to see how old Tiki Barber is. Because... Running backs in the NFL take they take a beating. They definitely take a beating, and I'm not positive. He's 36 years old. Turned 36 back in April. Um Tiki Barber is a different is a little bit of a different case here. Now, like I said, Tiki Barber, the running back position in the NFL is going to be something that uh you take more abuse, obviously. Now, again, Tiki Barber is going to be able to find a team to play for in the NFL. No doubt about that. Is he going to be a starter? No way. Is he going to be a, is he going to be a second running back? Because the, because the NFL is obviously, a, a, it's a, it's a two running back system now. I'm not sure though, if he's even going to be able to be a backup to anybody. I think he could go when there's a third running back, see how things go. And he's really, really, really going to have to work hard, too, to, you know, turn some heads. Especially at age 36. If he was younger, obviously if he's in his early 30s, let's see, I want to see how much, how old Plaxico Burris is here. If I remember correctly, he's in his early 40s. He is 33 years old. He'll be 34 by the time the season starts this year, though. So, again, though. 34 isn't 36, and I believe I don't believe you take as uh, much of a beating as a being a wide receiver as you do a running back. So again, I think both players are going to have a shot. I think I think Plaxico's chances are a lot better than Tiki's chances, though. Um, and speaking of running backs, though, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson is said it once everything is is back once the NFL lockout is over with that he's going to be a holdout. And uh, with uh, with the Titans, doesn't like his contract, wants a new contract with them, and said he's going to be sitting out until he gets that new contract. Now, let me try to find out here what um, if I can get a makeup of his contract here. Uh, let's see. Um, just give me one second. I want to I want to see what uh, what his contract is worth right now. Uh, let's see. We've got. I cannot get a contract on Chris Johnson. Let me try something else here. I want to get that. I want to get that out there just so I know what I'm. Uh, just so I want on. Here we go. Yahoo Sports. Anyways, Titans running back Chris Johnson. Um, last season, the team got him into camp by adding $1.5 million to his $500,000 salary. 
Um, NFL.com, however, reported that Johnson is preparing for a much more prolonged holdout if need be and remains committed to joining the game's highest paid running backs, which he certainly does deserve. Um, Johnson is set to earn $800,000 this season. Johnson has talked in the past about wanting to join the ranks of those garnering $30 million in guaranteed money. And if the free agent money begins flying around in a furious manner post-lockout, don't expect his desire to wane. Um, the NFL.com reports. Now, again, Chris Johnson is arguably the best running back in the NFL. And he definitely deserves the money. He is, um, now, of course, I know that contracts are different than, you know, hourly wage or anything like that, or, or salaries. But, um, you know, this is something that he can do, and it's something that players do all the time. And if anybody rightfully should sit out in the NFL, it is Chris Johnson, because he is Probably the best running back in the game right now. Yes, he. I think he is better than Adrian Peterson. And he's up there along the ranks of a Jamal Charles, too. So definitely Charles Johnson, or Chris Johnson, he's probably going to sit out. And I don't blame him. $800,000 this season isn't much, especially with his skill set. Other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and move on to our final um, segment here, the Red Zone. That is our fan question. If you want to, if you want me to remind you of it again, it is, if you were 12 prior, would you stay at OSU, go to the CFL, go to the UFL, declare yourself eligible for the supplemental draft, or sit out a year and enter into the NFL draft? Um, we do have a piece of feedback from our, uh, from our Facebook page here. This comes from Michael. He says, sit at home and remember to ask, would you like fries with that? Um, Jason says, go to jail. Um, let's see if we have anything else here. Um, I, I on, the, on the other hand, think that, uh, that if I were Terrell Pryor, uh, I would probably go and work on my game in the UFL because there's a lot of NF, former NFL players there's a lot of former NFL coaches in the UFL right now. And if anything, they're going to be giving me the best shot to uh, giving me the tools to succeed in the NFL. After that, I'm not sure how the rules work or if he can enter into the NFL draft from here on out or if he would simply just be a free agent. That's what I would do. I would go play in the UFL and then once... Um, I would uh, make sure I keep my cell phone right by my side and uh, make sure that uh, you know I have the ringer on. So when an NFL team does come calling, that I make sure I pick up. And whoever and whoever that NFL team is, I go and I work out with them and I make them my top priority. And I w and I have to be open to any position that they're considering me playing at. If they were considering me playing at quarterback, fine. Tight end. Fine. Wide receiver, that's cool too. Hell, if you want me to play linebacker, I'll try that out. But if he goes in there, if he's if he's stubborn, if if he if he's if it's the NFL or bust for him, you know, which it seems like that's the case right now, but he has to keep an open mind to what position he's going to be playing. He can't go in there with a the mindset that, you know, he's going to be a quarterback and only a quarterback. Rhodes, he won't be in the league long. He might not be in the league long regardless of that. Anyways, though, um, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Inside the Huddle. Uh, make sure you catch uh, the Majors live coming up this Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and then around the Diamond, Monday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 5 o'clock on the West Coast. Both those shows on themajors.net. We've got Grouty coming up third, or I'm sorry, Wednesday. Um, and we'll be back at you again, remember, July 9th. And then we'll be, we'll be debuting the overtime show next Saturday night. Stay tuned for the time on that. We're looking at 11 o'clock right now. 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, other than that, have a good rest of the week, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you later.